Welcome to Us Only Younger, the podcast that explores a little bit about our childhoods and the choices and challenges we made to get where we are today. My name is Pam, and I am very excited to introduce my special guest to you today. His name is Anthony Jackson. And Anthony is an information technology executive with more than 30 years of experience leading organizational change and IT transformation initiatives. Over the course of his work, he has served both private and public entities, deploying innovative solutions to transform and develop information technology organizations to meet the challenges and demands of their clients and customers in an environment consumed with rapid change. That is a very long sentence. Okay. Mr. Jackson is currently employed by one of the fastest growing counties in Texas and is responsible for deploying progressive technology solutions to transform how government delivers services across a broad spectrum of interest. He has an MBA from the University of Dallas and a BA from Governor State University. In addition, he's got certifications in ITIL 4, COVID, and CompTIA Security Plus. Welcome, Anthony. Why, thank you. Hi, it's so it's, good to see you. Great to see you. A long time. I'm trying to think, how long has it been? Show. Is it eight years, eight to nine or something like that? Yeah, eight to nine years since then. Yeah. And it was like eRewards Research Now, right? Did I at least get the company right? That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I'm actually discovered a passion, Anthony, for just trying to figure out what steps and what methods got folks to where they are right now in their particular line of work, because I think it's interest our audience. So I'm curious. I'd like to know a little bit about your childhood, of what kind of student you were. Are you a bookworm? Were you kind of interested in science or math? Or did you run like plague like I did from those subjects and kind of key on other things? How'd that go for you? Wow. Yeah. So school was challenging for me. Probably for most, I'd say my worst years in school were my high school years. I just okay. dreaded that part of my life. And yet at the same time, there was areas in high school I shied away from for a number of reasons and mm-hmm. athletics and those type of things, competitive sports, but it was not me. Often had to do with my attributes. I was small, maybe cresting a hundred pounds. Through oh my goodness. <laughs> um, short. And I went to a high school. I'm from Chicago. Okay. So I went to a high school uh, that was very competitive with basketball. Actually, I was in high school with Doc Rivers. And Seriously? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm dating myself. Sorry. No, no, no. That's fantastic. So, so there was a lot of energy around sports, but I was just not built and wired into it. But okay. But I did I did gravitate toward history and um, earth sciences, geology, and it's kind of a, a weird take, but I believe that's probably where I kind of got some of these thoughts or to say how my career would go um, uh, post high school. And, and so it was uh, youth and government. The academic clubs is where I tended to grab. So bookworm, I don't know. But yeah, I was kind of on the nerd side of the house. Shy, uh, mm-hmm. nerdy guy that uh, tended to find solace in historical references, whether it was dirt or people. Wow. <laughs> Those were your favorite subjects, huh? Yeah, that's why I, I spent a lot of time in there. And um, okay, then the uh, strange thing about it is going off to college, my, my focus was poli-sci. Local science. So like law yeah. or lawyer, but that didn't lawyer. happen, right? 
it did it did not happen and, and you know so we, when you reached out and you, you talk about it and so forth and and i'm thinking about how i got to where i am mm-hmm. it's a curvy road mm-hmm. and as much as um parents envision their kids to have a straight path to the utopian village of life or whatever it doesn't quite get there but i was in school and poli sci classes and mm-hmm. i was working working on data analytics ah. it was my first four way foray into doing um, research around data and how it correlates with things and i was using a computer Mm. Oh, IBM mainframe, et cetera. Okay. And um, that kind of came to fruition of where I was piqued interest more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then during that process, I got a part-time job. Okay. While I was in school. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, working for the VA. Oh, uh, wow. my first job, VA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reading computer specifications and code to a blind programmer. Are you serious? That is wow. where I started. Oh my yes. goodness. Yes. Hmm. And my entire career henceforth has been only information technology. I've never worked in another industry. Wow. Never. But I've worked in different parts of industry, you know, whether it's in logistics or like I said, mm-hmm. government and so forth. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was through that process. It's like, this isn't bad. It's kind of neat, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I tie that back to the whole geology history interest because that was this process. I don't know, this mindset I had is why did it happen? You know, why did the Grand Canyon carve its way the way it did? Or, you know, why is it that you can't build on a sandy soil in a mm-hmm. earthquake prone okay. zone or so? for. So, you know, it's these things. And so doing the data analytics and then getting a little bit more here, you start Mm -hmm. understanding how things work or why they work and can you make them work differently? That is kind of how I got there. Absolutely. I started there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And moved up through the the VA system and then moved to another government agency. And um, it just continued to change. Okay. So now we all have our different challenges, you know, try something, it doesn't work Mm -hmm. and we pivot. So I'm curious about any kind of major challenges or even maybe places where you feel like you failed that helped you kind of segue into a different area that might've been better for you within the IT spectrum. Do you have anything like that you could share? Wow. You know, life gives you a lot of challenges, failures. Yes, it does. And so through that process, so you're wired as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. your parents that you go, you work somewhere and you work essentially till you get the gold watch, right? Right. And at the same time, about the time that I was in college, that was about the time that the economy in the U.S. was transforming from a from an industrialized deal to, you know, a globalized economy and the shakeup was occurring and so forth. So long story short, it materialized that you didn't get to keep the job until the gold watch manifested itself. You had to mm. figure out how to make yourself indispensable. Um, that's right. And valuable <laughs> okay. and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, so over time. So I start realizing I was pretty good at what I did in those jobs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you could be too good to the benefit of others. And when you talk about failures, mm-hmm. you talk about disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, you can forget about what's good for you because you can get comfortable what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, others will take advantage of you and mm. keep you in that good spot because of the value you bring. And that's fault. When I think about my failures, it's not understanding that. But then at the same time, I wasn't afforded a good 
mentor, manager. Mm, okay. Okay. I think that's key as a manager. You have to be able to recognize your talent and you got to be able to let your talent go mm. if they choose to go, not wow. but, but you, you have to be able to incubate people because it's more philosophical, but you know, my whole take is I, you know, grown older and matured and so forth and managed different organizations. Mm -hmm. There's a huge value proposition that comes up in that model. And that is the network, the network mm -hmm. you rely on in the industry yes. that you rely upon. And so those mm -hmm. folks that you incubated or have grown, you reach out to them. Hey, mm -hmm. Anthony, I'm doing a presentation on a podcast. Maybe I ah, can talk to no, you. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I didn't even see it coming. I was just sitting here leaning in and he went in for the kill. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's the network and you mm -hmm. reach out, you do that. And so when you think about failures, you know, I felt like as, as I got older and wiser that I probably lost a number of years, mm. valuable years in terms of what I could be doing and growing and further developing and so forth. So that right there, that's, that's probably one of life's disappointments. And, mm. it, you know, as you get older and you become a manager and you look at your staff and so forth, mm -hmm. you, you try to figure out, man, if I only had that opportunity or to take the challenge much more effectively to have the self-awareness self of my value and mm -hmm. do that. But, you know, over time, the light bulb does come on and um, you change up. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I guess in my mind, there was a mindset of, you know, you hired great people and then you did everything you could to hold on to them. And I remember that mindset at certain times versus you have someone great and now you're looking for them and you're their ally to push them to the next thing so you can bring someone else up. It took mm -hmm. so much work to get them there. And now that's they're right. right where they got it all down. And the last thing you want to do is start over, Anthony. So I can remember right. those days. And, and to this day, my model is, you know, as a manager, mm -hmm. you have to be prepared to let go. Yes. Whether yeah. it's the, your specialization on what you do mm -hmm. or the people you bring around you. And it's not mm -hmm. to push anybody out. No. It's to allow them to explore and grow and develop. And you mm -hmm. bring another one behind you as well as create your legacy or your secession. It's a fair-minded way on how you do things. But I think that's one of my failures. Well, how much you know, time do we have, Anthony? You know, it's, uh, I will say this about failures, though. Failures mm -hmm. are intended to be your self-correction mm -hmm. event. And so you do anything, you take something away that at least you don't repeat it. Right. And yeah. so it makes you better. You know, it's funny you say that because now in a role where I'm back in management, I realize, you know, I have really great people I work with, but I also realize that I can't promote everybody and continue to promote them because it's only so far we can go in our organization. So sometimes, you know, you want to train them up and then, you know, if they find something else, all you can be, you can make me feel a sting of, oh, geez, I don't want to lose this person. But, you know, there's sort of a pride there. Like I'm excited that they have another chance to grow. And if anything I have done, even the slightest bit helped in some way, for that, then that's the way it's supposed to be, you know? Yes. But you made me think of another question, and I hope you don't mind me asking this, but since we are in Black History Month, I can uh -huh. remember when we met and you were one of the few minorities, particularly African-American leaders in our organization. And I'm curious because as far as I can tell, you've had that experience where you, quote, have been the only one in the room or the only voice. And I'm just wondering if you have anything you could potentially share about what that was like, you know, even today where it seems like it Hopefully, it's a little bit more common. It is a little bit more common. Mm -hmm. But in technology, especially in the early years, there was a siloing of 
non-whites. Even within technology, you, you were gated through certain disciplines and typically it was programming, mm. which is a highly lucrative, highly valuable, thoughtful discipline. Absolutely. And yet, when you start to look at some of the more specialized capabilities, information technology, whether you're talking about security, Mm -hmm. database architecture, hardware architecture, or you start talking about some of the unique capabilities within programming, opportunities were not present. They just didn't present themselves. Mm -hmm. And the schooling that was available did not go down those routes. And so Mm -hmm. That kind of developed, you know, how things were operated then. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could say up until recently, especially in my discipline around architecture, infrastructure, security, it continues to be an outlier in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, of who plays in that space as a a particular demographic. You have to go back to what I said earlier, and that is the mentorship and the opportunities that are presented. Because the thing about technology and is that I started 40 years ago in June this year. Wow. In technology. Wow. Happy wow. early anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think about it, everybody had mainframe computers. Nobody mm-hmm. had a computer in their desk. Everything mm-hmm. was COBOL based. If you were, you know, there was RP, RPG, something, I don't know, a similar, mm-hmm. very few languages. And mm-hmm. that was life. Mm-hmm. And yet mainframe still exists, but a yep. very small population. Mm-hmm. And it's a very niche technology. And yet everything around it has split it off into Mm -hmm. a major advancement in how the network works, how data flows and database Mm -hmm. architecture, all these different things. And so the key is you have to iterate. And so when I think about my career, I started there, but Mm -hmm. I also look for the ground level opportunity for what's new. You have Mm -hmm. to kind of move with it because you could be great on a mainframe, but those opportunities are are far and few. Right. Right. And and so programming is something that people logically can move into different parts of what programming is. But Mm -hmm. some of the newer things have come out uh, with different network topologies and, and how security has become a major component of technology management. Yep. It's a different ball game. And so you have to immerse yourself into these lanes. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've grown through my career. So I'm I'm less of a hands-on guy mm-hmm. and more of a thought leader managing an overarching mm-hmm. strategy on how those things happen, which mm-hmm. means the foundational pieces I would say that I gained some 40 years ago when I got into technology, understand how it works, mm-hmm. are the fundamentals that stay with me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what people should understand when they get into this. But at the same time, you got to iterate mm-hmm. and grasp the next lane. And there is a reality in technology as well. It's very siloed. It's disciplined, mm-hmm. uh, siloed. And the silos do not have many opportunities for crossovers. Mm-hmm. So wherever your entry lane is, you tend to stay there, not unless there's limited staff and the company has to have you wear multiple hats. A good case, and talk about where I know where, where you were at. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 years ago, there was not a program office, a project office, a business analyst, or project manager. <laughs> what? Blasphemy. What are you talking about? <laughs> it did not exist. It did not exist. I do want to know that is not something, but yeah, yeah. just what I just named that mm-hmm. allows a person mm-hmm. with the forethought to understand how a business operates, mm-hmm. how to task things out, mm-hmm. how to do basic analysis to fold up into what becomes a deliverable for the yep. programmer to the build. Yep. That person has the ability to walk across those different silos, mm-hmm. but that person doesn't get the opportunity to become a DBA. Right. 
It doesn't become a program manager. Yeah. But, you know, so there's these silos. And so mm-hmm. as a person, you know, and I think about myself, I've been in different size organizations and, and opportunities present themselves to allow you to touch these different things mm-hmm. and, and you grow. So then you start figuring out where am I really good? And mm-hmm. at the same time, can I learn enough to start elevating up through the ranks of organization to start mm-hmm applying more overarching thought leadership on those things because it, it helps you quite a bit if you understand mm. how all those parts and pieces come together and right. yet you don't have to do the all answer. of the work yeah you, you know that's interesting because that. when you were saying that i started thinking about terms like on-prem versus now in the cloud and for example you know i remember working with teams about high trust and SOC 2 audits and all of this stuff that's sort of you know how secure is your data and you know mm-hmm. there was a lot of the data centers where you'd go and you'd do the backup tapes and they'd ship them. I remember all of this stuff. Yeah. And now it's sort that's of right. like, it feels archaic now that, yeah, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> don't do it anymore. That's right. Yeah. They don't need to do that anymore. That's a, it's really good. And, you know, I like when you talked about the different lanes, because now I'll be honest, you know, my, the lady who does my hair, I went to see her last time, you know, she's got a big family and I was talking to her and she said, she's learning AWS. I almost fell out of my chair. Like, first of all, how do you even know what AWS is? <laughs> Let alone she's right? taking classes because, you know, she wants to have something to fall back on and something she can do. And you know, you can learn anything on the internet now. And I, that's the last thing I expected to hear out of her mouth. And she actually said, do you know what that is? I was like, yes, Amazon Web Services, don't try me. You know, <laughs> I've been in IT a long time. A long time, that's a try. But I just thought, okay, how is it that my hairdresser is learning AWS? That is just crazy. But I mean, anybody well, can decide I want to go do this stuff and poof, you know, it's amazing. Right. Because the traditional lane mm-hmm. of how you obtained that education has blurred. Exactly. It's no longer going to the junior college, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and picking it up or going to specialize. You can get it right there online and understand mm-hmm. it and, and immerse yourself. And then the opportunity presents itself for you to apply it. And I also would say the timeline it's much shorter yes. introduction to application yeah. than it was years ago and with all of course not just with the pandemic but all the remote work you know you don't have to live by the office anymore and go in you can just work wherever right. you are go to starbucks go ahead and work you know i mean as That's long right. as you have vpn of course but i mean making sure it's secure <laughs> That's true. This is a, you know, I'm really enjoying this discussion. I would like to ask, because you started touching on this, because I know there are Uh people that will listen who have kids who may want to do this sort of thing, and they don't all just want to code games. They want to get into IT or maybe security. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if there's anything that the parent can look for where the kid has a specialty or they're actually good in some area that might lend itself to this field, or just to continue what you were saying about ways you could actually pursue it. You mentioned junior college and maybe Mm -hmm. just the kind of tracks they might want to consider to start building up now so that when they're in junior college or when they're even out of school, it makes it that much easier for them to get a job in that lane. Right. I think the school route is fundamental. The school route, in my view, is the hiring manager and you look for these folks to come in and so forth. The, right. the school route prepares the individual with the fundamentals and the basic mm-hmm. on how to okay. operate. Okay. Oftentimes, school is a little lag between how reality applies that, but that's okay. Because mm-hmm. as long as a person has the fundamentals, you can teach them what to do. It's when okay. there's a gap of how do you handle yourself in these type of situations or understand the nomenclature of things go through a process to get to the end result. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to find yourself teaching somebody that. So it's important the school component. I think it's very helpful mm-hmm. for potential 
candidates or in- individuals are looking to go into this particular field is mm-hmm. to seek out that part-time job. Like I told mm-hmm. you, I was doing part-time reading for a blind programmer because you get to see the applicability of information technology mm-hmm. and how it's applied and what they go through. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you can kind of see these lanes about who does what. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out because everybody generalized IT is IT, you know, it's just the guy. But what we really do is the sum of many parts that build right. the outcome. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just the programmer. He's useless if I never build the right system. Exactly. I, 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 he can't do anything. His mm-hmm. stuff remains an idea, right? But I think that individual that really wants to look into it should look for that part-time job. And they're there, mm-hmm. even if it's an internship. Or it's an opportunity to say, hey, it's a, you know, this is, this, we're, we're going to bring you in and, you know, we're going to start you out at this entry level because there's so many parts and pieces that go into what happens. Mm-hmm. And then that person gets to see these mm-hmm. silos of discipline that has these engineers and programmers and all of these highly advanced skills being applied. They start right. to see it and then they start to look at what do I want to do? And do I go over and try to introduce myself to that person mm-hmm. to help me understand it? Because that's how you get that left. Yeah. Um, it's a backdoor way of mentoring, mm. but it is a way for it to occur. And by and large, a lot of those folks, they're welcoming to show some folks that. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's not like it's a state secret or anything, but you don't get too many to walk in. But when the opportunity is there to have them studying, that's mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. to see some of this in action, you know, short-term role, that's a very efficient way to immerse yourself into the technology and into a particular profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, the other thing I would only add is that it's one thing to learn how to do it from books and class, but to be around other people and have the necessary teamwork skills and knowing how to play well with others and collaborate and, you know, not yeah. like my ideas are all that's important. I mean... There's things you take for granted. And I was fortunate, you know, coming from athletics where I was surrounded by teams, teamwork, nothing for me. But seeing people who didn't have that, I could see the gap like, oh, that's a bad sport. They don't know how to, what to do when they don't get their answer chosen or something. So they they haven't learned how to go through that. So they have to now learn on the job what it's like to play well with others and build relationships. And you don't just say everything that comes in your head and all of it. But I can see even at an internship level, just to get used to yeah. being around folks and like, this is what's called a work environment. <laughs> We're not doing any of that at all. <laughs> so I, I can see how just that alone, you just know they've been around other adults and people and they know how to handle themselves. You can't just act any other certain kind of way. You just can't. That's right. There's a decorum that's, right. that's required. <laughs> There's a decorum. It's funny you, you talk about that because we have some young folks that works with, working in, in our organization that have expressed interest to move up. That's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my colleagues, she was counseling the young young man about it. Very bright. I would say he's a, he's a high potential person. Mm-hmm. Um, socialization, he, mm-hmm. he has that down. Mm-hmm. But the last thing you got to teach is presentation. Ah, yeah. Uh, you know, to, I want to touch on something on presentation before we wrap up, but, uh-huh. you know, part of this, somebody, you know, if it doesn't happen at home, you got to have the mentor to tell people that I, I don't care what day and age you're in, 
there is a business uniform mm. and people should have yeah. that discussion and say, you, you know, mm-hmm. nobody says, you know, you, you don't go to work with a suit anymore, you know, the business suit, but at the same time, you don't, you don't dress like you go to the volleyball game either. True. Uh-huh. Yeah. The one uh, thing uh, I love is that it's mm-hmm. become a more relaxed environment where jeans yeah. are acceptable. Now, not just any kind of jeans, let's just be honest, but that's true. Right. Su- right. Suitable pants, yeah. right? That's it. Yeah. So I'm going to tie that into something you asked me about earlier about being the only one or the one of the few. And that is, I think the challenge that you have is being very proficient at what you do, but the headwinds you have is dealing with not your message, but who's delivering the message. Mm. Life teaches, life has assumptions that the person delivering this message, the expectations is X. And mm-hmm. you stand before them as a minority, as mm-hmm. a specialist, as mm-hmm. a person of a subject matter expert. Right. That person needs to be able to convey, right. I know it, and I'm going to drive you to a solution, and I have right. the credibility. And that's very important. So that you're not overlooked mm-hmm. because your package is different from the expectation. Mm. Wow. Mm. Look at how you tied that up. And it sounds like that whole mentoring thing is critical there because as you see someone come in the organization, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to help this person out. I'm going to show you and teach you. And I'm just so grateful to my parents because I feel like there's a lot of stuff they taught me that everyone doesn't mm-hmm. know. And That's that right. you behave differently around us than you do your friends. <laughs> you And you, the way you show up, what you say, you know, the slang, mm-hmm. just the way you phrase things and the ability to say, I'm not sure, but I, you know, I will find the solution and have that can-do spirit. It's so important. That's right. That, that, that's so true. important. That's right. And one of the best answers that can be given mm-hmm. that really solidifies your credibility is I don't know. Yep. It's okay not to know everything. It's, that's, that's right. Yeah. But I will find out. There you go. Let me get back to you. <laughs> that's it. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I have so enjoyed our conversation. This is just the ultimate way for me to end the first week of February. I'm just telling you. I'm so glad I just saw you on LinkedIn. By the way, everybody, I live on LinkedIn. And I said, you know what? I'm going to ask him to be on my podcast. And, you know, there are people who are hesitant. I think, I don't know. I think I'm kind of harmless, but I think just putting themselves out there is a little bit concerning for him. I'm like, you know, what's what do you got to lose? Just a conversation. You know? Hey, just well, conversation. You know, it's just conversation. That's it. it You're is, not asking yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be on your program. Glad Thank to give you some insight. It's been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome.